thank you for downloading this in-ear entertainment podcast. You're listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets. Sonnet number six. Then let not winter's ragged hand deface in thee thy summer, ere thou be distilled. Make sweet some vial, treasure thou some place with beauty's treasure, ere it be self-killed. That use is not forbidden usury, which happies those that pay the willing loan. That's for thyself to breed another thee, or ten times happier, be it ten for one. Ten times thyself were happier than thou art. If ten of thine ten times refigured thee, then what could death do if thou shouldst depart, leaving thee living in prosperity? But not self-willed, for thou art much too fair to be death's conquest and make worms thine heir. That was sonnet number six from Shakespeare's Sonnets. Um, thank you for joining us this week. I'm I'm Mark Chatterley. I am Thierry Hillers. And then we're slowly working our way through the sonnet. Um, sonnet number six is is very much a follow-on from sonnet number five, as, as a, a, much more than any of the other numbered ones. It actually could be read as one large double sonnet, I suppose. Um, I, I've been wittering on a bit too much already, so I'm going to pass over to Thierry, who, who, can, who can talk in an authoritative way about this sonnet. Authoritative is uh, raising the bar again. <laughs> <laughs> um we have some obviously. We, we are continuing straight from Sonnet Five here. We we going straight back into uh, the destruction of winter here, the uh, winter's ragged hand, the face or the the fields that it destroys, and uh, well, all the the crops that haven't been uh, taken in. Yes, and, and we're also deface. Uh, it's not destroyed would would imply something inanimate. Defaced is literally defacing as well. It's the destruction of a beautiful thing. And we, uh, what I find interesting about this one is uh, we're also returning to uh, the image of money lending. Yes. That we've had in uh, Sonnet 4. Yeah, yeah, Sonnet 4. 3 and 4, I think, were very monetary based or investment based in, in various ways, I think. Um, yes, and, and so uh, in, in terms of that, this, this whole 10 times that gets repeated quite a lot, is that is that... Do you think a direct reference to sort of the investment returns on investment, so to speak? I guess so. I mean, if he passes his beauty on, he um, one child would make him happy. Yeah. But then, if he 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 had a return on his investment of ten children, it would make him what was it uh, ten times thyself were happier than thou art. So he, he could increase his happiness tenfold. That's I I I'm not sure. Speaking again from the modern age, someone having ten children to look after would ever truly be happy. But then, um, <laughs> that sounds more like a headache. Sure, Shakespeare's time, they still had quite a few problems with cot death as well. Yeah, and and so childbirth. Quite a, quite a few children. Yeah, yeah, quite a few children died very young. I suppose yes. Uh, and, yeah, and, and even then, I mean, you had the the boys to help you on the field. Girls, obviously, just cost you money in the end and cost you animals because you have to give well you i mean i'm not you had to pay their dowry it's 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 quite sad but that was that was the reality you had you had to pay them for someone else to uh take them off your hand to take them into marriage and yeah so, so i guess if 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 it were 10 boys you you would be doing quite well for yourself you could just send them out Maybe to not. the field and do nothing yourself 
Well, especially when you get older, you would you would need a boy to take over the field. Yes, yeah, that and that that makes sense. Uh, but but there's no reference to gender in in this. Um, it is just ten times. I suppose one's ten children. Yeah, yeah, that that's for for thyself to breed another thee, which is again this idea that your children are an extension of you. And and that, that I was I was having a chat because of um, something else with my other half uh, last night, and it, it's less of a UK thing seeing your child as a version of you. I think in in modern day UK we kind of see children as people, but we were chatting in, and this is talking very general terms. But in the in the US, it seems this idea of children being a younger you. Has, has propagated a, a lot longer, maybe not quite until now, but more recently. Because you still have uh, people being called your father's name, Junior. Junior, yeah. So the idea that, and this would have been prevalent in Shakespeare's time, that your child, if it was a son, was essentially you reborn. Which is, I, I find quite interesting. Who needs cloning when you can just have uh, children instead? It, or a lot easier. Na- nature's way of cloning. Well, it is nature's way of cloning. Uh, yeah, cloning with a few changes, a few minor changes, and and you, you, yeah, you need to adapt. Well, you are you are a clone of uh, two separate entities, so yeah. you're a, you're a mixture basically. Yeah, that makes which which they didn't understand in Shakespeare's time anyway. They didn't have DNA. Well, they had DNA, but they didn't know about it. <laughs> they didn't have <laughs> DNA. That hadn't evolved yet. We'll get into young earth creationism it, it now. It was very primitive in uh, 1500. <laughs> <laughs> just had two rocks, and that was it. Um, so the I'm just wondering if we were talking about um, uh, per- perfume in, in the last one and whether that's carried on through this one. Uh, and it, it makes a reference to distillation again. So it, in thee, thy summer, ere thou be distilled, make sweet some vial treasured thou some place with beauty's treasure ere it be self-killed um so I, that's quite a dense couple of lines to work your way through um but it is talking about this distillation you you should pass it on and and also maybe seeing that what we call a perfume may be taken on more of a sexual tone in the sense of it's your it, it does look that way like the the, um, it's your potency. The, the, the vial would be um, the womb, and with beauty's treasure, it would be self-killed. His perfume, if it isn't passed on, it's just got to be lost. And yes, yes, he he shouldn't be um, making. Oh, what was the phrase from from Sonnet to uh, making hate? Yeah, we, we have that fantastic line: <sighs> making something with thyself, making. I. Oh, we have to go back and find it, but yes, he wouldn't be doing that anymore. He would be making children and hopefully ten of them. It's, it's quite a job, ten children. <laughs> the, I, yeah, you could say that. It, what, the the making of them or the looking after of them <laughs> or everything. Well, I mean, the making of them. If if it works out every time, that that is only having sex ten times, and well, not many people would describe having... that as work. No. It can be, <laughs> and, and and yes, I suppose if you're having trouble conceiving, I, there's... If, if you have Shakespeare standing in the back going, "Go on, go on, go on," <laughs> oh, that's quite a disturbing thought. <laughs> Just this man there going, "Well done, I knew you were beautiful enough." Go on, <laughs> yeah, that's quite a disturbing image. 
Uh, the 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 last two lines um, be not self-willed for thou art much too fair to be death's conquest and make worms thine heir I I like that is don't don't be selfish you're you're far too beautiful to to court with death and then just have wormy children which is essentially I it seems that saying is that your only children will be worms because they'll be feasting off of you and we also have the uh, the self-willed, which apparently, again, is a uh, make something with thyself reference. <laughs> there's, there's masturbation all over these sonnets. Who would have thought? I, I didn't know that coming in. <laughs> that wasn't a pun. I'm sorry. Um, yes. So this is a very interesting sonnet. In fact, it's a very interesting couple of sonnets in the the... Some of it's quite fun. I, it's one of the ones I've most enjoyed reading, I have to say. Um, when it, all the tens start coming in, uh, or ten times happier, be it ten for one, ten times thyself were happier than thou art, if ten of thine ten times refigured thee. It's it's quite a nice metered paced sonnet. Um, so I quite like that. So if you have to read one out loud for any reason, maybe read this one and... and the adults you're reading it to won't know that you've got a sneaky masturbation reference in there, which is always fun. <laughs> that, that, that is why you read Shakespeare. <laughs> to get the sneaky sex jokes. They should have, really, they should have taught us that in school, that there's so much sex in there. I have a feeling that um, we most of us would have been more interested in Shakespeare. I mean, I quite like Shakespeare in school, but... It, it was quite a tough subject to get across to most people. Yes. It, mainly because it is so dense and it's not obvious that he has quite some um, carnal images in there. Yeah, they're, they're deep. And, that, and that's something I'm finding as, as we read them. I read them, excuse me, before we do the show. And I read them and go, I don't understand a word of that. I don't understand what's with me. And then through this conversation I have with you, it's very much me unpicking the sonnet as we go and and you suddenly see all these hidden messages in it, it's far different to, uh, to modern poetry i guess which is a lot more accessible this you need to think about it for a while but it's good and i would recommend anyone read some and read if you can do it like we're doing read it with someone else and you can bounce ideas off each other and you won't sound well the advantage of that is they're not being recorded and showing how ignorant they are on on a podcast whereas that's what, exactly what i'm doing so <laughs> definitely good um Let's leave that one there. That was Sonnet 6. I'm going to let Thierry read it out, who will do it faultlessly, I'm sure. Don't don't raise it. <laughs> I'm going to stumble on the first line now. I can't wait. <laughs> Sonnet number 6. Then let not winter's rugged hand deface in thee thy summer, ere thou be distilled. Make sweet some vile, treasure thou some place with beauty's treasure, ere it be self-killed. That use is not forbidden usury, which happies those that pay the willing loan. That's for thyself to breed another thee, or ten times happier, be it ten for one. Ten times thyself were happier than thou art, if ten of thine time... See, it happen. <laughs> if ten of thine ten times... Re- fi- That's not a good line. No. If ten of thine ten times refigured thee, then what could death do if thou shouldst depart leaving thee living in posterity be not self-willed for thou art much too fair to be death's conquest and make worms thine hair very good uh, that was sonnet six by william shakespeare i've been mark chatterley i have been thierry Healers. and you've been listening to shakespeare's sonnets i shall see you again next time bye bye bye
You've been listening to Shakespeare's Sonnets with Mark Chatterley and Thierry Hellis. This has been an in-ear entertainment podcast. To listen to other podcasts or find out more about in-ear entertainment, go to www.inearentertainment.com.